DC chillin', PG chillin', my name Wale and I came to get it, came to get it, came to get it, my name Wale, shit. Everybody, welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. Thank you all for tuning in today. Today's guest is definitely a special one. He's a three-time Pro Bowler offensive tackle, spending multiple seasons with the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Oakland Raiders, and his name is Donald Penn. Donald, thank you for joining today, my man. How you doing? I'm good. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Of course. So we got a couple questions for you today. We'll talk some NFL, and let's get after it. So how about you tell us about yourself and you know maybe your life story and how you got to the NFL and so on? We're going to be here all day, but I'll try to shorten it up. So I was an uh, undrafted free agent, went to Utah State, um, didn't get drafted. Started off in Minnesota, was put on the practice squad, got uh, picked up by Tampa on active uh, week four, my rookie year. Uh, practiced with them, was inactive all year, just didn't dress, but, you know, was on the on the 53. Uh, fought my butt off in practice. You know, I was going against Simeon Rice, Derek Brooks, Sheldon Coral, Booger McFarland, you know, all these guys in uh, practice. Got better, had a great veteran group there. Um, that I learned from, you know, they say don't be a follower, but kind of right being a follower back then kind of worked out for me, you know, because I was following vets and I learned learned the way. Uh, my second year, I won the backup tackle spot. I was a swing guy playing extra tight end, doing some special teams. Uh, week, what was that? Week four, the left tackle towards ACL. I came in and luckily I ended up starting 170 straight games with the Bucks. Um, and the Raiders before I had a um, season in the injury, I think that was year 2017. But yeah, within that year, made three Pro Bowls. Had a had a hell of a fucking career. Made 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 a lot out of it. And uh, you know now I'm retired, I'm doing just relaxing, doing a little media here and there, enjoying my kids. That's dope shit. So I kind of wanted to talk about college a little bit. At Utah State, you never allowed a sack in your college career. So Not my senior year, senior, oh. they, they always said my senior year I didn't. What one? I had some. I had some. I I I, I had some growing pains like my first year, but I don't think my senior and junior year I didn't give up one. But like early, like my first year, I gave up. Uh, I gave up um some sacks, but I think like my last two or last three years I didn't. But my first year I definitely did. Gotcha. So what you know made you succeed so much in those two years? Like any challenges you overcame or anything specific that really turned you up to the next level? Nah, well, I just um, I always thought I was going to the NBA growing up. I, I played basketball growing up. That's my love. That's my first love. So, you know, I thought I was going to the NBA, but I kept getting wider and not not taller. You know, so uh, I started playing football sophomore year high school. Picked that up. Started getting way more attention and from colleges and that. And uh, when I got to Utah State, man, I just knew I needed four years. I needed to go somewhere where I could play four years. Because I knew I had to learn football because it was still raw to me. I knew I had to learn football, learn technique. You know, I had to get my body accustomed to, you know, being hit and playing basketball. So I knew I had to play somewhere four years. And Utah State was going to give me the opportunity, what they did. But, you know, Utah State was a um, different place. They're winning now. They're doing great. But, like, you know, it was a learning experience for me. It was hard to get in trouble, so it kept me focused. You know, of course, me being a knucklehead, I made it hard on myself. Uh, my mom was a teacher, rest in peace. But um, I almost flunked out of college twice. And then going to summer school, you know, doing the hard way, coming back. But I ended up getting a degree 
Uh, I have some good friends that I met there that's friends for life that I still talk to. Um, you know, about you never know if they have that transfer portal like they do now. I would have been up out of that thing <laughs> after my first year. I would have been in the SEC or Pac-12 somewhere if they had it, had it like that. But I didn't want to sit out. You know, the way it is now is so easy because I bought my freshman year. I would have definitely dipped in that transfer portal if they had it, had it like it was this year. But um, it it, it grew me. You know, I met some great people. One of my strength coaches, my last two years in Utah State. He was a strength coach in the NFL for over 10 years after, after I left. Um, you know, so I was, you know, a lot of people saw it. And one thing, I always claimed it. Every time I first walked on Utah State, I said, hey, I'm making it to the league. I mean, a lot of people didn't believe me. And then, you know, once they started seeing me play, a year started going on, I started getting better and better and going against the best and just killing them. They were like, man, he might have a chance. But I always, I always called it. And, uh, you know, one thing – I try to do, I always try to do what I say, what I put my mind to, and I was lucky enough. That's awesome, man. Brandon, how about you ask the next question? Kind of like adding on to that, I know you touched on it a bit, how basketball was your first love. I saw you were first team All-State in high school. How did you know, like, you know, football was going to be the sport for you? How did you make that decision? Was it a tough one? Uh, Well, it was kind of like my junior, it was like my, um, my junior summer going into my senior summer. I was missing a lot of football workouts, you know, because you had summer basketball. So I didn't want to miss the games and stuff like that. And I was missing, like, my weightlifting stuff and stuff like that. And my my coach, Greg Dixon, back then, he was like, hey, he had to talk with me. Like, hey, he said, look at all high school. He asked me, he said, how many letters you got in basketball? I was like, shit, maybe one or two from some small schools. He was like, how many letters you got in football? I'm like, I got, I was like, I got shoeboxes full at the house. And he said, but you're missing these workouts. And, you know, he said, he said, I'm going to be honest with you. I still want you to play basketball. I know you love it, but he said, you need to start, you know, stop missing so much football and taking that more serious. So that summer, you know, I started missing a couple of basketball games, going to football workouts and stuff. And I started picking up football more because he was, he was, he was it was true, you know, and I'm like, shit. And he was telling me too. <laughs> he was like, because I was 6'5", I was like 6'4". And he was like, how many 6'5 centers, you know, power forwards, you know, in the NBA besides Barkley? Because he called me Baby Barkley. And I'm like, See, I know he's like the odds. So, you know, I just I just started um, taking football season that senior year. You know, I had some Pac-12s. I, I committed to Arizona week four of my season. Um, but, after you know, I, I didn't sign anything. But after the season, they coach got fired, wanted to go a new way. So that's what really why I ended up at Utah State. I had a couple of little schools still around back then before signing date. But, you know, I ended up just saying, you know, four-year starter somewhere. It was a tough decision, though. I still try to play a little basketball in college, though, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, so it was really about the opportunity then. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was making the most of opportunity. You know, I could have went to to Dominguez or uh, Humboldt State or Northern Arizona to play basketball, but they're small schools. And what would have been the likeliness of me really going to the NBA compared to the NFL? So, you know, I just thought the better odds was with the NFL, so I took that. I went with that. What's up, Donald? So – you mentioned uh, basketball and you mentioned uh, football. So were you a fan of any team growing up? And uh, were you hoping to end up playing for them, basketball or football? Well, I was able to play for my my team I grew up cheering for. I grew up a Raider fan. and I was a big Raider fan. I grew up in L.A. Um, in Inglewood. So I used to go to Coliseum with my dad and stuff like that. So I grew up a diehard Raider fan. I was It's funny because I was cheering for the Raiders, you know, two years before I ended up being a Buck in the Super Bowl. And the Bucks ended up beating them. Then I ended up playing eight years with the Bucks, so it was kind of like a dream come true. 
I love playing for the Raiders. It was really, um, really, really, really like a dream come true. I was, it was so happy to be able to go um, and play for him, and especially to be able to help turn um, turn this thing around. You know, turn turn the Raiders. There were nobody wanted to go there when I went there. They were horrible. Um, they couldn't sign any free agents, and I went there. Then that year they had that best. They had that one one of the best drafts ever when they drafted Khalil, Derek Carr, Gabe Jackson. That whole draft played for us, and we ended up turning that thing around. And hopefully they get it back on track. So, you know, it's hard because I retired now, but, you know, the Raiders are still so much because <laughs> I grew up cheering for them. So it's kind of like I still love Bucks. I love them so much, but it's like, you know, I kind of cheer for the Raiders and go for them a little bit more now. I don't want to be biased, but it's just kind of like because I grew up a Raider fan. And, of course, my Lakers, man, they killing me right now, but I've been a diehard Laker fan since I was a kid. Yeah, we'll touch into that later because we got a lot to talk about about that. Uh, Farone, you got any questions, bro? Yeah, so Donald, um, I saw throughout your career you actually have four receiving touchdowns. I just want to know, like, what kind of runs through your mind when you get that play call in the huddle and they report you as an eligible receiver. Um, is that kind of something you look forward to and, like, have a celebration prepared in the end zone? Or what's that thought process like? Well, you, well, you know, the first time I did it, I was lobbying like forever. Like I used to be um, before practice catching passes, you know, from a quarterback, handing the ball so he could throw it back. I used to be one catching it. So I used to always like, you know, talk about my athleticism, brag about it, brag about basketball to the coaches and catch passes. So I used to always try to, you know, lobby it. So the one time they finally put a play in, but like the play was in for like weeks. We never called it. Well, we were, we were practicing like every day uh, on Fridays in goal line, but they, it was like it was in for weeks. Never called. And I remember we were playing San Fran in L.A. It was one of my first times playing back in L.A. where I was able to have all my family there to see me play because I played in Tampa so far. So we were in San Fran. A lot of guys came. I think I had like sixty tickets, uh, and we were blowing them out fourteen to nothing. It's like fourth quarter. We drive, we get to the goal line. Like we run the ball two times and they stuff us. And coach called timeout. And I'm telling the quarterback, like, tell him to call the play, like call the play. So he calls the timeout. Even before the after the first round, I'm like, tell him to call it. They ain't call it. So when he calls timeout, I run to the sideline. It was a Raheem Morris. I love him to death. That's one of the best coaches I ever had. He was head coach then. And uh, Greg Olson only was a uh old coordinator. So I ran over there. I'm like, call the play. I looked at Rod and I'm like, he like, you ain't gonna let me down. I said, Rod. I said, you got like, come on. I said, I've been waiting. Like, call the play. So they so I ran back in the huddle. And then Josh, I could tell by in his face when he was running into the back in the huddle that they called and then I see the extra I see the extra alignment coming in. So I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we called. I didn't have a time to set up no celebration or nothing there. But we called against Frisco, got the play, checked in, perfect. Caught it. I went crazy, jumping around like a little kid. I ran over to where all my family had like a whole section there. I ran over there, and I tried to. I don't know. I'm so excited. I thought it looked closer than possible, so I tried to throw the ball to them. And the stand, it was like a whole section. So I'm like, somebody's gonna catch it or get it. And man, that thing fell so many rows short. So come to um, after celebrating everything, my family was able to get the ball back. Uh, I ended up signing the ball. Me and Josh ended up signing the ball for the fan that had it. And Josh gave him a jersey, signed jersey. So he ended up getting my parents back the touchdown ball. So I got it. But then the other ones, the other ones, they were playing. Coaches told me going in, you know, that was going to be the first call against the Raiders in San Francisco game. 
And me being a Raider fan growing up, I already had my celebration. I said, I'm praying. I was just praying it was going to be in the black hole side so I could jump in the black hole. You know, being a Raider fan growing up, like, what? Like I'm like, boom, I'm a, I'm a Raider. So I knew they were going to call it. Our first time down, first time we get down, it's, it's in the black hole section. I'm like, boom, they bring the alignment in, we'll get to the red zone. They call, I get blasted by uh, Reed from, from Frisco. He black, I don't even see him. I catch the ball. My boy DC threw me a freaking floater. So I'm just sitting there waiting on the ball, waiting on the ball. I get it. I turn. I get blasted by the safety. I ain't never – I, you know, you're not supposed to get hit on this play. I get blasted. And it's my second time scoring it against San Fran, you know, the rivalry. So that's even sweeter. So I catch it this time. I run past all my teammates. I beeline it to the black hole. I jump in the black hole. They throwing beer on me. They're trying to snatch the ball out of my hand. Everybody hey, – I got pictures of everybody's hitting, hitting my head. I think I got the pictures. It's right behind me in the middle. Liz, right behind me in the middle, I got the line. That's actually Everybody's, awesome. I got the little dialogue. That's unreal. Of the, um, catch. Everybody spilling beer on me. They trying to get the ball from me. I'm snatching the ball back. Uh, it was crazy. Then uh, I came. I saw the ball boy, you know, that I know. I'm like, hey, hold the ball for me. Gave it to him. And, you know, I got to do field goals. So I can't really celebrate. So I had to run and do field goal. And I got a couple of friends for Frisco, you know, like uh, – you know, I knew I knew uh, Big Smith. I knew Alden. You know, so this is my second time doing to get some. So I'm laughing. I am dying laughing. They're so mad. They're so mad. What was the linebacker's uh, name back then? Uh, the Bowman. You know, these are my boys that I know. Bowman, yeah, yeah. Deshaun Gosen. These are my boys, and they're steaming. It's my second time doing to get. They're steaming. I'm over there dying laughing, and when we go off a field goal. And uh, Justin Smith's like, you motherfucker, you, you got me again. I love that dude. He's such a, he's such a gamer. He's like, you got us again, got us again. So uh, that was like, that was the second best one. The third best one was when I went to play against my old team against Tampa. And coach said, coach, I've been lobbying with this new coach. We had a new coach then. Uh, this is Del Rio and his staff. I'm lobbying with him, lobbying with him. I want him to call the play the exact same way. You know, the old, old coordinators, you know, he's a little different, but he's a great old coordinator for us at that time. Um, so he does a totally different play where they actually put me at tight end. I'm like, I don't want to go at tight end because the other way I don't check, I don't, um, I check in by stay at left tackle, but they want me to actually go as t- at the tight end spot and do it. So I was kind of a little worried because I'm like, Tampa going to know my boy Gerald McCoy plays for him, Levante David. I'm like, they hear me check in, they're going to go. So he kind of did it right. Like the first play we did, they put me in extra tight end, but we did a run play. So it's kind of like, okay, okay, he's just going to be going extra tight end, you know? So then the second play, so I wasn't as worried, you know, because at first I'm like, bro, they're going to know. So then the second play, he calls the play action. And they told us coming in, this is going to be the first play. You know, we're going to run it. We're going to get in. The second play is going to be yours. You know, I'm looking at everybody like, don't block. Don't nah, mess with Giants. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that, but um. I was thinking in my head, like, oh, dog, if he don't score. So then they call it, and I go down. I'm at tight end. It's like a we fake sweep to the left. I, I go down, block down, come back out. He rolls out past to me. Uh, they run it. I come back out, throw it to me right in my hands. I sit there against my old team that cut me in the end zone. I sit there like this. I started going off. I started going crazy. I had adrenaline. That one, like, felt so good because it was just my old team that cut me. And I played eight years there. Like, that was probably, like, one of the most exuberating feelings ever. Like, 
I had to calm myself down. So I was like, get ready to go back into play. Like, I was so excited. I was talking trash to the fans going off. Like, it was just, there's no better way to, like, you know, say say up yours or back in your face, you know, like that. And we ended up winning that game in overtime, too. That's awesome. Those are all sick stories. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like, especially coming from your position. But transitioning a little bit, I'm kind of curious about, you know, your post-NFL career. I see your – or you mentioned how you were doing some social media or media, and I see that you're coaching your kids' football team. Do you kind of want to stay involved in the football world, you know, maybe end up with an NFL job one day? Or, you know, where do you see yourself going now? No, I don't think I'll ever – will ever coach in the NFL. Um, I wouldn't mind being like a consultant, maybe do some scouting or something like that, or do some media with them because um only reason is because the coaches put in so much time. They're in there from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Man, I'm not going – that's more time than when I was playing. I got four kids. Um, they don't deserve that. I, I, I love spending time with them. I love being involved, and they would really take my time away from them if I did that or college. But my son's getting ready to go to high school. Um, the coach talking to me about helping out with them. Um, I wouldn't mind doing that, but I would love to get into some media. Like I'm doing um serious satellite radio here and there. I had I did the Sunday night show, do a little stuff for the Raiders here and there. Uh, I'm trying to find somebody with the XFL, so hopefully I can get on with that coming up. Um, doing some play by play or sideline report. I would love to do that before they get started, but I would love to do some something in in, in that realm, you know, um, media, because you know in LA, living in LA, they have Fox, NFL Network. Um, everything's out here, ESPN. So, you know, I can stay local and still build city kids. So I would love to um, do that. I'm, I wouldn't even mind doing college. I think this summer I'm going to try to look in and see about um, maybe calling some college games or, or getting in college too, just to work my way up. But that's something I really would uh, want to get into. I have a good interest in that. That's awesome stuff. So last question I have for you, what pass rusher would you say was your toughest matchup or maybe a matchup you had circled on your calendar? Uh, man, it's, I get to ask that question so much, and I always tell people, man, each guy or somebody else does something different, or gives you gives me a different problem. So it's like hard to like sum up one. So I might have to give you like a couple. But like when I was coming up in my career early, um, John Abraham was 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 a beast uh, with Atlanta. I had to play him twice a year, and like my first two years going against him, like it was. I think I gave it one sack against him every game. It was like. It was just he just had this bull rush where he would line up like eight yards outside and just being a track stance and just you just meet and he's coming full speed at you and he's one of the strongest like hardest bull rushes I ever had like man I'm talking about we used to bang heads but I finally learned him and understood him and after them after those two years probably played him about six more times he never got another sack on me again um, but my respects to him he's a hell of a player and then. Um, I played against DeMarcus Ware in college twice, and I played against him in the league. DeMarcus Ware, you know, he's giving me a lot of problems. He had those long arms. Um, but me and him battled. I battled against him in, in, in Denver, too. So, you know, we, me and him just have a back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I don't know if he ever got a sack on me in Denver, but he got like maybe like two or three when he played for Dallas against me uh, late in the game. And in my, in my younger years, man, Joey Bosa is a uh, – He's a very technically sound defensive end, a defensive rusher that has like, you know, a couple of defensive ends. They don't really have many moves. Bosa has an arsenal of moves that you have to be ready for besides just like a bull rush and maybe speed rush. He, he has an arsenal. And um, 
Khalil Mack was was real tough in practice. He, he he's 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 very good, very strong, very very stud guy. Um, you know, I went against Freeney too. Freeney had one. Freeney and Von Miller that spin and that speed. So you see how I'm telling you everybody something different though. Like it's like Von Von could cut like a receiver, blaze a DN, run at your full speed. He could cut spin like a receiver DB. So you always have to make sure you stay inside out on him. He was always tough. And I come to ASC South having to play. I mean, having to play him twice a year. That was tough. Um, Tom Bali used to always give me a little trouble here and there, man. I don't know why. Tommy's always frustrating me. Me and him just had some good battles uh, when he played for Kansas City. So, yeah, those couple of guys right there. That's a great answer. So let's talk your teams. <laughs> Both are struggling just a little bit right now. Let's talk about the Raiders first. Um, obviously not what we were really expecting out of them, especially after adding Devontae Adams. What are your thoughts and what do you think they should be doing right now? Should they be trying to contend or what do you think? I mean, they got to try to contend. Um, they got a first year head coach. So he wants to see, you know, who's going to show up at these times now, you know, to see who he wants to roll with next year. Cause these are going to be the real, real um, showing times when they're down, don't have a chance. Who's going to still show up for work. Who's still going to compete. Who's still going to, going to uh, put out that best effort. Who's not going to fold, but I don't know what's going on with them, man. Uh, it seems like when they don't get that running game going, it's really, really nothing they could do. And they can't play from behind because they play from behind. They can't run the ball. And, you know, D.C. DC doesn't look real comfortable out there. He got a, he got a makeshift O-line. You know, D.C.'s used to being, being, being comfortable back there. Um, I have to get my hats off, though. D.C. is hanging in there a lot longer than he used to, you know, taking hits, throwing the ball, knowing he's going to get hit. He's doing a great job of that, but – the Raiders have never really had a dominant defense. And when you look at it again, I think they're like the last five in defense. And that's tough. They don't have anything to help them out. And they got to get a defense going. They got to go do some of this offseason, this draft, and, and, and address the defense. And, um, you know, Waller's been hurt. Hunter hasn't been himself this year. So it's really just been Devontae. It's been tough. It's been tough. But – they need to just keep running that ball as much as they can. They need to run the ball first, second down, and then just throw on th- on third every the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, and I was wondering if you thought it was maybe like a coaching thing, the new hire McDaniels, if you maybe thought that. But it sounds like you think problems are more defensive-related. Oh, I didn't want to get on him yet, but, yeah, I don't understand how last game you had one of the best closers in the game right now because I've seen it so many times where we came back with D.C. with – yeah, 40 seconds left, two timeouts, and you just run the ball twice. You have one of the best kickers in the league. You don't even try to even – great. I'm glad it worked out and we still won, but I was really mad about that. And, you know, some of these decisions, it's questionable. Um, I still like him, though, as an offensive play caller. He, he's getting stuff – he's switching stuff around. He's moving uh, Devontae around a lot, which he was doing earlier in the year, putting him in a slot, uh, moving him around. A lot. I think that's helping, but he, he needs to either get a new D coordinator in here or or get some more defensive players in here because I think that's one thing we're missing. We we need we got to have some help. DC needs some help. He can't put it all on the shoulders. It's been like that his whole career. He needs to. They need to turn that around to a defensive team because I feel like the weapons we have on offense right now will be enough, and we should attack this offseason on defense to to get that going and help help it out and then maybe it'll balance everything out. I mean, Josh Jacobs is having an unbelievable season. When they are able to give him the ball, he's 
done it all. I mean, just look at last game. Like, nothing else needs to be said about that. Oh, yeah, he's definitely balling out. And especially, you know, they didn't even accept his uh, fifth-year option. So, that's that's crazy. He's really showing them. I'm surprised they haven't even tried to, you know, get a deal done. Are we here talks right now? Because he's going to be one of the top uh, free agents on the market. If he has some market this offseason, look at what he's doing. Uh, he'll probably be one of the top three uh, free agents, top five free agents. And if we don't, I feel like we don't sign before the season's up, we might lose him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he killed me in fantasy last week, so fuck, fuck that. All I'm right. We'll talk about my fantasy. I lost by <laughs> 1.08 cuz Najee went out at halftime and I just needed two more points. I just needed 1.10 points and I would have won. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I feel like it's just been he was only playing and he went out, he went out at halftime. I'm like, bro, he's not coming back. I'm like, uh, I'm one point away. <laughs> that is brutal. So would you rather talk about that or the Lakers right now because I feel like both are sore subjects. Yeah. I've been doing pretty good in my fantasy besides this past weekend, though. But yeah. I've had some injuries, though. But, yeah, I do a little fantasy. But them Lakers, they're killing me. Yeah, what's going on with them? What's good? I mean, I, really don't, even know. I, I, know. I don't even know, to be honest with you. I really, <laughs> I, I really don't, don't know. They don't play any defense, though. That's one thing that's big. They don't play any defense. I mean, I understand they're – Bronze older and everything, but even the younger guys, I mean, they, 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 they're not playing defense. Uh, I love Russell. I want him to do great, you know, coming to the hometown. I want him to do great, but, you know, maybe he might just need a new fresh start. He might just need a new fresh start because I'm glad he's coming along a little bit this year, but last year was horrible to watch considering the great player he's been before that. It was really hard to watch that last year. And to get all the criticism, I really felt bad for him. It seems like a meshing problem because you usually want to surround guys like LeBron and Russ with some shooters. The Lakers have been the worst three-point shooting team in the league, but do you see them making a move any time of this season uh, to maybe move Russ or acquire just, some I don't shooters? think anybody's going to take Russ with that large because his salary is so large. I don't think anybody's going to take that on. It's going to be so hard. I wish they would. I think they tried, but this is going to be so hard. For a team to take Russ on for that large salary with the way he's playing, you know, if he's playing better, maybe. But I, I hope we, I know we're going to try, but I just don't think we're going to get what we want. And and I don't want to have to give it uh, mediocre, get somebody mediocre, and give up Russ for that. But we need to find some shooters somewhere. I don't know why we haven't addressed that. That's like it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It is, and there's a lot of rumors, and there have been a lot of rumors that they were going to trade their two first round picks. I believe they were in like 25 and 27 for uh, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Do you think they should just pull the trigger now? Like, are you at? Like, do you think they're just desperate at this point and they need to do that? I, I would like, I, I like that, but I would like to to look at something else. But that would be a great, a great uh, fit because I think they'll still fit well with 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 LeBron and AD too. Yeah, that'd then, be a cool uh, we'll probably have to give up Russ too, but I'm going to be mad mad about that. All right, well, I wish you luck with both of those squads. Interesting, crazy seasons for them both, but you never know. You never know. Donald, thank you for joining today, my guy. We appreciate you. We'll be in touch and keep doing your thing, man. Thank you. You guys have a good one, man. Appreciate you having me. Everybody, welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast in Season 3. I'm here alongside all my co-hosts today. What up, Freeman? What up, Ferone? What up, Bela? What up, Z? How we doing today, guys? Popping G money. Let's get it. Doing well. 
Odds going up from here. We got a huge and star-studded lineup on the way. We appreciate you all tuning in, and we're about to grow this shit even more. So, TTP, let's get after it. So, the NFL, it's our favorite. It's what we talk about a lot. If you're listening today, um, I actually want you to listen in because we've been watching the NFL season, and we've been analyzing it all season, and we have a lot of insight for you today. And we're going to talk about our picks, what we like. We're going to recap last week's games. So it should be a fun day if you're an NFL fan. So let's go to last week. Uh, obviously, you know, I thought the Chiefs and Bengals game stood out to me. What are our thoughts about that? Do the Bengals just have the Chiefs number at this point? What do we think? I would just like to start off by giving an apology to Hooday Nation. I was incredibly wrong about them. I know at the beginning of the season, I had a hot take that they were going to come last in the division. And then the other week for our per- pretender contender, I said pretenders. I was extremely wrong. They looked unbelievable. I mean, their offense and defense just looked ridiculous. They held Mahomes relatively in, pretty in check. Kelsey didn't do too much. I just thought that they looked ridiculous and like a legit contender. I mean, you got Jamar Chase back. Who knows if he's actually 100%, but even with mixing out, they look ridiculous. They're, I guess their O-line is finally finding some chemistry, and they're just starting to click. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Brandon. That that team, I said this about like three or four weeks ago, that's a team that when healthy, they're, they're a dangerous squad. They have a better roster than they had on that Super Bowl roster last year. The offensive line only got better. The defense, I think, even got better. And then when Chase and Higgins are on the field at the same time, I mean, it's hard to stop. And, I mean, Joey Burrow is just – he's that dude. So, I mean, that's going to be a tough team to beat down the stretch. Yeah, the Bengals are a weird team because they can can play with anyone and they've obviously got the firepower. But um, a team like the Chiefs, who doesn't have a great pass rush, if you're not pressuring the quarterback against the Bengals, they're going to tear you apart. You've got Jamar, T. Higgins, Boyd, all those guys. You got to get to the quarterback, and the Chiefs were just letting letting Burrow do what he wanted. Um, it's the, the Bengals really do have their number, but I still don't see them as like a Super Bowl contender. I see them as a contender, but I kind of wanted to talk about the Chiefs. Um, the expectations for them were a little rocky. You know, a lot of people didn't really know how they'd be without Tyree Kill. Um, they've obviously exceeded expectations. I know they lost last week, but they're nine and three. They're still dominant. They're looking like they're going to take the AFC West after everyone kept saying that division is going to be a toss up in all four teams when they make the playoffs. Um, I still think Pat Mahomes is MVP right now. I think the only guy you can really argue is Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. Um, but I think what Mahomes is doing, you know, he still has Kelsey, but he's still throwing all new guys. MVS is new. Juju is new. Um, he's really just found a way to make it work. And he has potential to be the greatest quarterback of all time if he hasn't established that already. Um, so that really stood out to me. But, Z, what are your thoughts on that game? You guys pretty much said all of it. Bengals obviously legit. Um, I mean, at any given moment, when those guys play on Sunday, that offense can confuse anybody. Um, I mean, look what Piran's doing now. Piran's going crazy for them. But when you have Chase, um, Higgins, and you have that, you know, Joe Burrow playing the way he's playing right now, those guys can shoot up a scoreboard no matter who they play against. So you guys already pretty much covered it. The Bengals are legit. Um, so, yeah. The Bengals... I have a question. If they meet again in the playoffs, who do you guys think takes that 
I'm I okay. Mean, whoever's this. home, Next. obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to chime in there one more time with Ginge. If the Bengals don't convert on that third 11 at the end of that football game and the Chiefs get the ball back down three, I think the Chiefs win the game and we're talking about the Bengals completely differently. So I think that's just funny how it kind of works with the NFL, but that's a tough game for the Chiefs to go into Cincy and win that game. And I don't, I don't doubt the Chiefs by any means. So I'm, I'm still taking the Chiefs over, over Cincy in the long run. Yeah, a couple notes here. I do believe the Chiefs can. I don't know if it was clinched their division, but they can qualify for the playoffs with a win this week. And then also the Bengals should win their division now. Lamar's going to be out. It's supposed to be one to three weeks, so they should be able to leapfrog the Ravens here. But we'll see. They looked so sus at the start of the season, and I was, like, so convinced that Burrow was a fraud and the Bengals had a fluke run and everything, but they look good. There's no denying that. So any last thoughts on that game before we move on to the next one? Another game that stood out to me was the Colts versus Cowboys. It wasn't a great game, but this is more about Dallas being dominant. And I feel like in the past couple of years, Dallas's defense has always been suspect. This year, I think we can say that they are a defensive powerhouse. Do we think they're true contenders, and are they the second-best team in the NFC? I think definitely right now with the with the Jimmy G injury, the Cowboys are without a doubt the second-best team in the NFC. The, um, the only problem with them is assuming the Eagles win that division, you know, winning three road games in the playoffs is a, is a tough ask especially considering the Cowboys pass in the playoffs. But if the, if the Cowboys could somehow leapfrog the Eagles, which they do have a chance because they'll play them again, um, then my goodness, they're, they are legit Super Bowl contenders. Just coming from that wild card spot, it's so hard, which is pretty unfortunate that the Cowboys and Eagles are in the same division. But I don't see them going all the way in the wild card. But if they win the division, without a doubt, they're contenders. Can I throw out a question to all of us? Because I know me and Jack were talking last night on FaceTime. I think it was me, Jack, and Ginger talking about uh, Dak. What are your guys' thoughts on Dak? Because I think, talking about the Cowboys, I think Dak is completely fine with that offense. They're going to do, obviously, big things with them. And having a guy like Pollard and Elliott with that offensive line, I couldn't agree more. That team is super-duper legit. And I could see him going far in the playoffs. But what do you guys, anybody have a thought on, like, Dak? Do you guys think Dak? Because I know Jack doesn't like him at all. But I, I think Dak is completely fine for that team. I mean, look, the pieces are there for them. He has weapons. It's really up to him. Like, if he can play like Jimmy G does, like, he doesn't have to win them games. He just can't lose games. That's what it's going to come down to. He can't turn the ball over. I think it's yeah. that simple for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt Dak is a solid quarterback. But, like, I think with that offensive line, the running backs that you have with Zeke Pollard, you've got CD Gallup. You're probably going to get Odell coming there. I mean, it's – and then on top of the defensive line, just always – they're always getting good field position with how that defense has played this year, turning the ball – turning teams over. I mean, you could throw a lot of quarterbacks back in Dallas and they'd still be contenders. I'm not saying Dak is bad because I still think Dak's a top-10 quarterback in the league, but I don't think it's saying much with how the Cowboys have had success this year. I wouldn't contribute that to Dak. Dak's great. I don't understand why there's slander yeah, around him. Um, you know, he's not as good as the top, you know, five or six and seven, but he is a, in my opinion, you know, good enough quarterback to take him to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and I agree with that, by the way. I, I wasn't saying that he can't do that. 
I was just saying that given the circumstances of how that team is built, I think a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL could be successful on that team. 100%. I think the, I think honestly, the biggest question mark or biggest liability on that team is Dak right now. Cause that defense has no holes. The running game is great. The O-line is finally getting healthy. Um, I mean, the weapons are good enough. It's just coming down to a last set, like a two-minute drill in the playoffs, the game on the line, Cowboys most likely being a road team. I don't think Dak gets it done. In the past, there was that one year they were 13-3. and Dak had literally everything he could have possibly dreamed of around him. He even had Amari Cooper back then. He had Zeke in his prime, good defense, and Aaron Rodgers came in and just steamrolls him in Dallas. I just don't think that I don't think Dak can get it done in the playoffs, especially on the road. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so the last game that's well, a couple games stuck out to me. So the Dolphins played the 49ers and they lost by 16. Um, we've been raving about the Dolphins on this podcast specifically for, you know, a long time, basically all season. I think all of us, most of us have loved Tua. There's obviously been some argument. Um, you know, is this a step back for the Dolphins? And, you know, Jimmy G got hurt, so they were losing the Brock Purdy. Um, what does this mean for Miami going forward? And what does this mean for San Francisco playing without Jimmy G for the rest of the season? I think honestly, it's less of us looking at my uh, the Dolphins and more of a shining light to San Fran. I think. I mean, I put a hammer on this weekend. They were such a great bet. The defense is just too good. I think that it's not as much saying that Miami's getting worse. I think it's, we're not giving a, uh, the Niners enough credit. I mean, that defense, that system that they have, and the, the way they coached is unbelievable. I think. That, I think honestly, they're the best team in the NFC. I think they're better than the Eagles. I really do. I think when Jimmy G, I think Jimmy G might return, they said, right? Because he might not be getting, what is it, Brandon? You're nodding your head. Is he, is he coming back or no? He might. He might. Yeah, it's, it's not season-ending surgery. I think seven, Jimmy, eight weeks is the timetable. Yeah, I think with Jimmy G, I said it before in the past also, that this team is, I think, the best team in the NFC for sure. Um, their system that they have is just is very hard to beat with that defense. So I love the Niners. I think they're very, very, very legit. I'm kind of with Matt on this one. I think this was less about are the Dolphins in trouble and more of like how good the Niners are. I think Shanahan has proven he can win with any quarterback. It's his system just works. It's that simple. But I think that um, Dolphins will figure it out. I mean, they'll just take a step back, evaluate the game. Didn't really do much other than that first like 75 yard touchdown on like the second play of the game or something. But I think the Dolphins will figure it out. They need to fix their defense a little bit. But I think they'll be fine in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with Brandon. I think the Dolphins will figure it out. And I agree with Matt also. I think it just says a lot about how good that San Francisco defense really is. Um, it's, I mean, year in, year out, that defense is top five in the league. And Shanahan offensively also, he's just a brilliant mind. And every year they're going to be competitive. Also kind of looking ahead to next week, I just saw that the Dolphins – open as a three-point road favorite in in San and not San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, like against the Chargers. I think that says a lot about how Vegas really probably thinks that the Dolphins are going to win a bounce back game and actually a tough road road opponent in the Chargers. So I mean I think this team gets it together. The problem with the Dolphins is what I've noticed is their running game is very, very suspect. And 
playing in, in uh, January, you're going to play some cold weather games, especially in Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, you get cold. You got to have some sort of run game. And if they have to rely all on Tua like they did against the Niners, because the Niners just absolutely took away that running game completely, and it was all in Tua's hands, and it started to get ugly. Um, the Niners, I think, are one of the rare teams that are pretty QB-proof, whereas one of us could step back there and take snaps, and we'd probably still be above 500. But, I, I mean, they're not – they better pray Jimmy G comes back because fucking Brock Purdy is not winning them shit. But the Dolphins, the Dolphins, unless they can figure out a run game, two is just not that guy to, to go in and single-handedly win games. I don't see how they can win in Buffalo or in Kansas City um, playing that style of football. Nice takes all around. And I agree with most of you. Uh, the last game that stuck out to me, this is the most confusing team in the NFL. I don't understand. The Raiders beat the Chargers 27-20. Uh, to 20. I can't tell if they're a good team or not. I don't know if we're going to be able to tell. Um, what do we think about this game? They're only two games out of a playoff spot. I don't count them out yet, but we talked to Donald Penn earlier this week, and he said, like, you know, they're still gelling. They have first-year head coach, so obviously that takes time to adjust. 13 weeks is a lot of time, but I also think Staley has to be a bottom three or four head coach in the NFL. He's awful. I don't know what he's doing. Their talent covers up for him majorly, but – I'm with you on that. The Raiders are a hard team to figure out. If they get Josh Jacobs the ball 20-plus times, they win. If they don't, they look like a CFL team on a good day. They're really confusing. I'm with you on that. I mean, yeah, these two teams, I don't even – we shouldn't be talking about them. Um, the Chargers on paper have the talent to be good, but they're just they're just not good. It's the bottom line. Um, Herbert just checks it down to Eckler every play, and they underwhelm every week. The Raiders are one of those teams they've already digging a too deep a hole to come out of this season. Maybe in the future, McDaniel will figure it out and Devontae will stop crying. But I don't think either of these teams even have a fighting chance of even stealing the first round. Like, I, I don't see if either of them gets in, which the Chargers could very well sneak in the playoffs. Uh, congrats to whoever's playing them because they'll be moving on. I mean, you guys are touting the Chargers a lot, and I think, honestly, this really just comes down to them being extremely unhealthy the entire year. Um, all the offensive line is in shambles. They're, I think they're missing Joey Bosa. They're missing their receivers all year. I mean, Herbert doesn't have a lot to work with this year. And like Jack said, I don't think we should be really talking about either one of these teams because neither one are contenders. Um, but I think a lot of this is attributed to the fact that the Chargers just – have been extremely unlucky this year with injuries. I agree. I think that's correct, but I also think that Herbert hasn't really looked like himself. So, you know, you can blame injuries. Um, Keenan has played recently. He hasn't played all season, but he has played recently, and Herbert has still looked pretty bad. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I think the Raiders had so much potential, and they are two games out of a playoff spot, so I guess we'll see in the next four weeks or so. Um, but just weird. Matt, any thoughts before we move on to our slates? No, you guys got all took everything out of my mouth. Word. So let's move on to our slates. So I'll go over I'll go over the records from last week. Um, I don't know if we did we talk about the Thanksgiving games? Have we gone over? I don't think we have. All right, so let's do it. So 
This is a little asterisk because Bela wasn't on the pod when we made the picks, but then he sent his picks after the first game. So Bela went undefeated, 3 and 0. We'll let that slide. Nah, fuck that. Uh, He's not 3 and 0. Doesn't count. 6 and 0 on the year. Um, that's bullshit. That's, that's bullshit. a fake 3 and 0. Yeah. Big yeah. asterisks. Uh, um, I went 3 and 0. Freeman went 3 and 0. And Jack and Matt went 2 and 1. So that I thought Baylor took the Cowboys. Baylor, I, I did have the Cowboys. I don't know why you said I went three and oh, sure. I think he had Cowboys and Pats. No, no, I had the Vikings. He no, said no. he had the Vikings. He's two. He was two and one. That's my bad. So Baylor's two and one. Um, didn't say that on the sheet. That's my oh, bad. kind of corruption going on in this pool. <laughs> so Jack and I are tied in first at four and two for the picks. Baylor is two and one. Freeman is three, one, and two. I guess that means one of them. Five and one, not two and one. Three, two, and one. Oops. Three, two, and one. And Matt is two and four. <laughs> it's okay, Z. Um, and Alec hasn't made a single pick. So that will be done another time. So let's go over this week. So just like last week or the past couple weeks, we'll start off with the primetime game, which is a Sunday night game, and then two other games of our choice. The game this Sunday is the Dolphins at the Chargers. The Dolphins are minus three. So the Chargers are plus three at home. Um, And then I'll go over the games and the spreads real quick. And the first team I say is the away team. Uh, On Thursday, the Raiders are five and a half against the Rams. The um, they're plus five and a half. The Jets are minus the Bills are minus nine and a half against the Jets. Um, the Browns are in Cincinnati with the Bengals being at minus five. Texans are in Dallas. Dallas is minus 17. Vikings are in Detroit. It is a pick em. Eagles are at the Giants. The Giants are plus six and a half. Ravens are at the Steelers. The Steelers are minus two. Jags at Titans. Titans are minus three and a half. Chiefs in Denver. Broncos are plus nine. Bucks at 49ers. 49ers are minus three. Panthers at Seahawks. Seahawks are minus four and a half. And then I don't know if we're including Monday, but Monday's Pats at Cardinals. Cardinals are plus one. So who wants to go first? Remember, do the Sunday night game and then two games of your choice. I can lead things off. Um, looking at the board really quick here. We're talking. So we're doing Sunday night first? Sunday night first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this line honestly surprised me. I didn't think the Dolphins would be favorites on the road after a loss like that. And I think it just tells the story right there. So I'm just going to roll with the, the Dolphins laying a field goal in that one. Uh, um, the next pick will be a little surprising to a lot of people, but I'm going to take Denver plus nine against the Chiefs at home. Um, the reason I'm picking this game is because divisional games tend to be tight. Um, that point total is actually at 42. So that means there's not gonna be a lot of points in the game. Um, and I think maybe they find a way to keep the game close. I'm not saying they're going to win the game by any means, but you want to sprinkle that money line, go for it. Um, and then the next game that I will take, um, I'm going to take the Panthers plus four in Seattle next week. Um, that team's coming off a bye. 
I think a lot of people are going to be eager to take Seattle after that win. They kind of have to win to get in the playoffs. And that Panthers defense has been really sneaky this year. They've given a lot of teams some trouble. Um, they shut out the box. Um, I think Darnold's going to be playing quarterback, and he looked good. Um, so I'm going to grab the points. Of, I think it's four and a half or four. I don't know what you said, Jim. Just think, I think it's four. What but game are you talking about? Sorry. Panthers game. The Panthers game is four and a half. Yeah, so I'll grab the – I'll de- definitely take the points there. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking some underdogs and then the favorite in the Sunday night game this week. Nice. All right, I'll go next. A um, couple different picks. So I'm going to pick the Lions and a pick them against the Vikings. I think that line is really sus considering the Vikings are 10-2. And Lions are two and a half. Line. Two and a half point favorites actually now. Wow. So – then I'll take the Viking, not the Vikings. I'll stick with the Lions, <laughs> um, even though that's crazy. Um, I'll stick with the Lions. I think that line is too weird. Um, they are always scoring no matter what, and they'll find a way to score against Minnesota. And Minnesota just looks so sauce. I know they're ten and two, but something they're just like barely winning it, games. James, barely- I don't mean to cut you off here, but crazy about that line. The Vikings opened up as a two and a half point favorite. And it swung five points and now why? the Lions are two and a half point favorite. Why has it why did it shift? I think a lot of people are betting the Lions after that convincing win over Jacksonville. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's sharp movement, but that's kind of been the story of the week is that I line was just crazy. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Well, I'll stick with the Lions. Um, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys minus that's still at minus 17, right? That nothing changed there. Yeah. I'm taking – I think they blow them the fuck out. I think Houston is a complete mess. Dallas is looking more dominant than either. This is going to be another defensive standout from Dallas. And then I'm going to take the points from the Jets against the Bills. Um, the Jets have been finding ways to keep games uh, close. Ginger? Can you hear me? I do believe you're supposed to do a Sunday night game. Yeah, it's Sunday night before that. That's my bad. So I will take the Dolphins. I think they go in a bounce-back win. I think they got their shit together. Um, like we were talking about, like the Chargers have just not looked good at all. Herbert is going to struggle, in my opinion. But I also think this is a huge game for Miami to just like regroup and get back to where they are as contenders. Uh, I know it's in L.A., but, you know, home field doesn't necessarily matter in L.A. There's going to be a lot of Dolphin fans there. And I feel like at that point, it's just a neutral field. So I think the Dolphins will take that and I'm going to take them. It's my bad about that. All right, I'll go next. Um, starting with the Sunday night game, um, seeing the Volt take the Dolphins, give me the Chargers. Um, I also really like the Lions as well. They can score more than the 2018 Golden State Warriors. Um, I think that's a sketchy line. Um, third pick, who is my other pick? Oh, yeah, give me the Steelers minus two and a half at home. Um, I think they're finally – kind of figuring out how to play with Pickett. They've rallied, rallied a few wins off. The Ravens without Lamar. I mean, the offense was already struggling with Lamar. Um, without him, it, it's just – it's pretty hopeless without him. I love their defense, but I think that's a low-scoring affair. I think the Steelers uh, steal that one. Um, but going back to the Dolphins game, I I looked at it at first, and I thought it was a no-brainer Dolphins pick. But like Junior said, I don't really think there's any line movement for that home field. The L.A. crowd's just a bunch of TikTokers and influencers. There's no home field advantage there. Um, but the Chargers have just been so horrible lately. 
I think it's only a matter of time before they remember how to play football. I, I think they can they can finally win one. Um, so yeah, Chargers plus three, Steelers minus two and a half, Lions minus two and a half. Those are my three. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. So um, the first the Sunday football game, I'm gonna agree with uh, the Chargers pick. I don't like the Dolphins uh, with that minus three on the road. I trust Herbert and that offense. Um, I know it's not really home field advantage. I say home field, but I still trust that offense um, against the Dolphins. So I'll take the Chargers with the points. Uh, my second game, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna ride with Purdy. I'm gonna go with the Niners. What's the spread on that? Is it three or three and a half? The Niners. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking say fuck it and go with the Niners because I just think that that Buccaneers offense from what we saw last night, it's just like a fucking Pee Wee JV football offense. Um, I think if Shanahan has a good game plan. Um, going in that game against Brady, and he can just contain him and not fucking do a one-yard run, chuck it up, pray for a PI call, um, is what the Buccaneers offense is. I'm going to take the Niners um, at home. So Niners spread, Chargers spread, and then one more any game, right? Um, I'm going to double down with that also. I don't know who else said it, the, the Lions pick. I just think because that line is just so fucking sketchy. Jack and I both um, yeah. I'll take the Lions also um, against the Vikings. So Lions, Chargers, and Niners for me. So I'm going to ride with the majority of you guys. I'm going to – I guess I would make it the majority. I'm taking the Dolphins. I think they have a bounce-back week. They'll figure it out. Shouldn't have any problems. That offense is playing against a banged-up defense, so I think they'll – not easily win. I think they'll handle business, though. Um, my second pick, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think they take this momentum into the next game with them. <laughs> And not steamroll the Browns, but I think they also handle business. I think Deshaun Watson looked awful. It's going to take him a couple more weeks to get into NFL shape, game shape, and figure out the pace again. He's Brandon, what's that line again? Uh, it was – I think it's six. six. Yeah. Six. Wow. six. On the road or at home? At home. They're at home. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that – I think they'll be fine. No issues. They're, the Browns' defense has looked – very mediocre at best. I think they'll just easily get it done. And then my third game is going to be the Monday night game. I'm taking the Patriots on the road. I believe minus one. I think that if they can put up 17 points, they'll win. Um, Belichick's going to terrorize Kyler. He's Kyler's no clue what he's doing out there. It's just that simple. He's awful. I think Mac Jones, if he can put up 17, they'll be fine. Their offenses looked awful as well, but I think their defense is going to strap down Kyler. No. Anything's better than the midget. All right, nice picks. So it's time for our favorite segment, the fan submitted questions. Today, these are pretty funny. So let's get straight to it. First question is for Brandon. This is asked. Weirdly enough, this is asked by Alec Rappaport and Jake Perlman. They asked, Friedman, is soccer the worst sport to watch in your opinion? Oh, that's an easy no for me. Uh, soccer's kind of fun. I hate the flopping. That's a minus three for all the flopping. But I got to say it's baseball. It's Baseball is really hard for me to watch. It's too slow. Gotcha. They got a pitch timer. Frito, World Cup pick on the spot. Let's hear it. Argentina, let's go Messi. You heard him. You, you talked about that too much. What's up with Alec and them doing these group questions? Like, do they touch each other and take a question? Yeah, like, these questions and doesn't join the pod. It's crazy. 
right, well, the next one is for me. This is asked by Marie Hirsch. Wow. Um, how does it feel that the Wizards will never get a top 10 pick, but will never get a bottom 15 pick because of how mid they are? That is a sore subject, and that really hits home because that is true. So can't answer that. The next one is for Balo. It's just asked by Ty. I don't know who Ty is. Let me guess. Tom Brady is supposed to be praised right now for his performance. Is he back? I wouldn't say he's back. I think that offensive line is in shambles. That left tackle is just an absolute joke. Most penalized player in the league. Um, yeah, I don't think he's back, but he can't move. So any anytime there's pressure on him, he's going to have to get the ball out of his hand. So you say whatever you want. He can't throw it down the field. Well, yeah, he can't move outside the pocket. Um, but, I mean, he still showed why he's the best in the world. Down two touchdowns with – Five minutes left in the game, and they got to come back win in typical Tom Brady fashion. So never count that man out. Hold up. I don't know if that was like a voice typo, but did you say best in the world? Yeah, best in the world. Best ever. He's the GOAT. Right now, he's the best. Well, best in the world, but I'm oh, flying no, right no, now. No, no, no. Not, not, no. Okay. Okay. No, he's, not, he's not the best in the game right now. He can barely move. Okay. He's 45 fair. years old. But fair, fair. Anytime that guy has the ball with two minutes left, you know damn well there's a chance he can win the football game. Yeah. Fair enough. Next blah, question. Blah, 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 blah. Next question is for Matt. Weissman. Fan submitted question regular. <laughs> Jack Weissman. <laughs> this one's a little deep, though. So, uh, slot. I've been desperate. I don't understand <laughs> why you can't give me a lock, a future, a parlay, a straight bet, a teaser. I need anything. <laughs> Or should I just play Baccarat instead? Weissman, I will say uh, Baccarat has been very successful for me the last few times in the casino. So that I would highly suggest. I wish he asked me his question uh, this weekend because I would give him two big winners with the Niners and the Packers. But the one lock I will say was actually I was between this for my pick. Uh, I'm going to bounce off of Freeman's. I'm going to go with the with the uh, Bengals at home against the Browns. That's my lock for you, Weissman. I'll give the, uh, the Bengals in six at home against the uh, Browns. If I see Weissman in my DMs again asking you another question. No, he'll be there, Weissman. I'm just happy because he asked it seven times in a row, and this is the no, it wasn't seven. Here comes first the guy time we've heard of a pick. And we've actually got a pick for the first time. Well, so I'm just happy about Sunday. Hearing, so, hearing uh, this new information, I think I want to change my spread picks now. I think I'm going to take the Browns now. Wow. Take them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. All right, the last question is for Jack. Um, all, that's, all it says is Dennis. What happens if the Eagles lose in the divisional round? Do they trade Hurts? <laughs> I mean, I, that's that question doesn't even need to be answered. I don't know who this Dennis guy is, but um, there's mental professionals all around the country that you can um, schedule an appointment with. I don't know what games you're watching, if you think that's even a, a question. Jalen Hurts is an MVP Lead candidate, I'd say, right now. So if Jalen Hurts on the hot seat, then every single quarterback in the NFL is also on the hot seat and should be should be cut. That's a fair answer. So we I got one had, last fan-submitted question. We actually had one more question. It was for Alec. I think I should share it. Um, it was asked by Blake Matthews. <laughs> and Blake asked Alec if he could name any team to come out of the NFC. 
Um, so <laughs> we'll ask Alec. You can ask Alec about snails. He's good with that too. I got one last fan submitted question. Yeah. Myself. And it's for you, Matthew Gordon. Okay. What do the Jets do with Zach Wilson? Um, I think it's an interesting situation because he's obviously not a good quarterback right now, but he's so young. So I think they should look to get as much value as they can from him just because it's just not going to work. His confidence isn't there. He needs to like start over on like a new team um, in a backup role maybe, and then eventually earn a start. But I think the Jets and Zach Wilson need to part ways. So I appreciate that question. It's also interesting that all his teammates seem to be happy with the move to Zach White. It does yeah. not seem like that team likes like Zach me. Wilson at all. Um, his results on the field are awful. Um, the only people that seem to like him are Mills. But besides that, he doesn't really have much. Awesome stuff. So to wrap it up, let's do some hot takes. What do we got? Just quickly, let's get them in real quick. Okay, I'll start. Uh, I think the Skins make the playoffs and win a playoff game. That is my hot take. I'll kind of, I guess, right off your theme. I'm going Raiders make the playoffs and win a playoff game. Would you say the Raiders? Yep. It's pretty hot. That's so cool. I'm going to take this to soccer, even though I know nothing about it. The Netherlands will upset in their game against who they play. I don't even know who they play. <laughs> they play Argentina, <laughs> but we'll come back to you. <laughs> that Netherlands team is nasty. That forward's good. <laughs> he came out hot take. You know what the fuck he was saying after. That was funny. Mine's going to be pretty hot, but I'm going to go with the – I think what's the, Lamar's out for, what, three weeks? Is that what you guys said? One to three weeks? I'm going to go with the Ravens winning their next three games without Lamar. Um, and Huddy's going to lead them to all of those victories. So the Ravens are going to win the next three games. I think oh. there's no way that the Ravens win a single game. I'm glad you joined. Um, Thank you. Know, you. We, we need you to give a hot take right now. Of and course. about sports, just a hot, Wait, hot, can we hot. Tell, can we tell everybody who this is. And before we... for those of you that don't know that beautiful voice, this is Allison Hirsch <laughs> coming in. Surprise guest, surprise motherfucker. She's here to give a hot take. <laughs> give us one. Let's surprise get it. motherfucker. Hot take. University of Georgia 2022 national champions happening. It probably I like that. that. That's not that hot, but that's fine. Yeah, we, we like <laughs> By the way, the Netherlands is playing Argentina, so they're going to ruin Zlatnicki and Friedman's dreams of Messi winning a World Cup. Well, considering you don't know the fuck they're playing against, I ride that any day of the week. So let's go Argentina. Let's go. Well, now I know. Can we go back to the fact that this on this podcast, how the Bucks and Packers were still running the NFC? Just want to you know check in on that. How's that looking? This hot take here is just going back on what people say. I'm, I'm just asking. We got like two minutes left. Like, how- well, let Jack say hot take first. We'll get into that. Oh, Jack can say something. My bad, my bad. All right, yeah. Now, this hot take's going to be hard considering this team's going to have to go through who the NFC ultimately runs through, like you said, the Bucks and Packers. I don't know how they get past those two teams. But my hot take, the Detroit Lions keep reeling off the wins, slide into that seven seed, and then they play the Vikings first round. 
The Lions are going to the second round. Dan Campbell is going to bring audiences at home to tears of joy, motivating that team, the best offense in football. Jared Goff is going to the second round. I like this. I love that a lot. Did everyone give their hot take? Yeah, now we're good. All right. We appreciate you all tuning in to ATS. We'll run it back again soon. We got some huge guys coming on. I'm not going to lie. So stay tuned, stay posted, and have a good one, everybody.